0: Happy Last of Us
1: Day, Josh Brown. In the UK, at least.
2: God, Tilford, I've been waiting for this day maybe my entire life. (laughs) Certainly since I've played the first game and envisioned a movie. Ten years ago. I cannot wait to get home to order (laughs) some food, to shut the blinds, and to watch The Last of Us. Hopefully, it's not a disappointment, but I was checking some early uh, reviews this morning and some impressions from the the audience, Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's going to be pretty good. Do you
1: know what I wish? I wish that the UK audience had it in time. with the American audience, because this reminds me of every single week Game of Thrones was on, and yeah. everyone gets to watch it apart from us for a day. And the whole day, you've just got to avoid... I mean, we know what's going to happen for the spoilers, yeah. but you've just got to avoid everything for a whole day. And I have this every week with wrestling,
2: and I hate it. It's annoying as well. Like, why just a day? A yeah. day means it's meaningless in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. However, I do think it is payment for all of those years where we got the Marvel movies a day in advance, Mm. you know, we got to see stuff like you know, I'm pretty sure we got the big Avengers movies a day in advance, which is always very strange to have that knowledge, Um, but still I'd rather have The Last of Us, I'd rather have The Last of Us to be honest. Yeah,
1: I'd much rather have just some sort of synchronised release thing, I guess they don't want, like if they had it at 9 o'clock for us, we're like 8 hours ahead of America or whatever,
2: some of America To be fair, you could have stayed up till 2am to watch it (laughs) in sync with the American audience, but I'm you chose still not to do that?
1: No, I'm still living in a. I'm still. I still go back and forward on whether I want to pay now. TV eleven ninety nine every month to watch because it's like eleven ninety nine for four episodes of The Last of Us a month. Why is there not a Last of Us subscription? Josh well, Ron?
2: here's the thing: was it not eleven ninety nine for three months? You were telling me this morning. Eleven ninety nine for six months. Well, there you go. You'll cover the Last of Us and more with that. It's only well, it's a nine episode show.
1: Well, it's eleven ninety nine every month though. Is that true? Yeah, for six months. I can't. Be I mean, right. I only want it for two. Is that re- two and two? I want it for two months. And one week, because I want to just watch The Last of Us and nothing else, and then get rid of Now TV again. And
2: just give it, then cancel it. You don't need to sign up for six months. I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to give you some financial advice right now. <laughs> while I'm in here. You don't need to pay for six months. Just get it for two months and then cancel it. It'll be a worthy investment for The Last of Us, and you can watch Kirby with enthusiasm while you're there. That's, That's on now very, TV. very
1: true. I, uh, I think I'm going to end up doing that because the, the curiosity is too great. Initially, I wasn't bothered about The Last of Us, and I still don't know what I am thinking, but I do like the idea that it's a bit of a moment in time. I feel like gaming's having its sort of Game of Thrones moment. Where Like Obviously, yes, there are stellar video game adaptations from, you know, beforehand, obviously Castlevania, Arcane, Detective Pikachu, whatever. I like Uncharted as well. But still, (laughs) we've never had something that is week to week, a lot of people tuning in. Obviously, the nearest comparison is The Witcher, but we didn't know what story that was going to be. This is almost like a specific retelling of something where millions of us who grew up with this thing or love this thing are going to watch like a whole new audience get into it. And I, there's a whole thing we should do, maybe a whole separate conversation video on this at some point, because there's the whole thing about, does it break the video game curse? And it's like, that's been broken decades ago
2: here's the thing people I mean we'll We'll talk about this, hopefully, on Wednesday's podcast, because yes. I'm going to try my best to get Ooh, you yes. to watch it and to get James Dows to watch it and do a podcast on the opening episode and then do one on the finale where we can talk about yes. it as a whole. And hopefully, I'll do some videos in between. I was to say, you've got nice little set of videos perhaps. coming in between. Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> uh, um, Making the most of Hopefully, it's great to justify all of that. You anyway, like yeah, it. but what you were saying there about this is a break the video game curse. Seeing a lot of discourse about that. I obviously, know. And a lot of people, obviously, and fairly pushing back, saying, you know, we've got Arcane, we've got Castlevania, we've got All of those great shows. Silent Hill nailed it. Ah, did it. Mm. I'm a big fan of Silent Hill, but it didn't break the video game curse. It's a good movie. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. We haven't had... Something like you were mm. saying there, something massive that everyone's into, that's really, really good, that people are following on week from week in live action. We've had it that's in animated the, that's, form. Yeah, that's we the have annoying not part. Had it in live action. Yeah. And I'm saying that as someone who loves the Paul W. S. Anderson Resident mm. Evil movies, but mm. it's just not the same thing. Yeah. I feel like the video game curse thing. And we uh, i should very <laughs> quickly say, this is the wind of Am Scott
1: Silver, George Josh Brown. We go over the latest talking points, the latest video game industry stuff, and we do have a whole bunch of news to get into. Um, but super quickly before I get to everything else that I've got written down that whole video game curse thing came from Uwe Boll's run of movies like when he was doing um, Far Cry and um, Blood Rain and all those things in a row where they were just terrible and obviously before that you had the Mario Brothers movie there was definitely a precedent set for terrible video game movies yeah. however I would say that even Silent Hill the original the 2005 one is still leagues above those movies not that Silent Hill is a, even a four and a half star five star movie but it's it's well made it has intent it's not cheap and whatever Like there was, if, the, if the video game curse is attached to a certain bar of quality, yeah. um, Silent Hill is at least above that. And I feel like we just never acknowledge that anything ever got better.
2: No, it, it is true. That is better. But you also have to remember at the time, Silent Hill wasn't well-reviewed, and no. it wasn't liked by fans either. I remember being... I was a Silent Hill fan at the time. Same. And I remember, like, going on forums and people complaining that they had changed things <laughs> from the game, they didn't get things right. You right. know, it was always a punchline to internet reviewer YouTubers um jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we like Silent Hill now, but it's more of a retrospective thing, I would say. And more of a point. t-shirt
1: made, I always like Silent Hill. <laughs> I was well, the Christian good. Gans, I was there for you mate. Well
2: that's good. Uh, but I would say when I see people say we're gonna break the video game curse mm-hmm. I I like to think it's more indicative of a trend rather than a one-off because, yes, things have broken the Mm. video game curse in the past, Mm. but nothing has really set a precedent that other people have kind of followed. Yes, we got Silent Hill, Uh but then we immediately got, you know, a bunch of bad Resident Evil movies. We got the second Silent Hill movie, and we got Prince of Persia. We got Assassin's Creed. When I see someone say it breaks the video game curse, I'm, I'm... in, in in taking that to mean it's setting the bar and hopefully mm. it will inspire a wave of other good other you know thing video game adaptation is
1: infuriating yeah. is that we have to leapfrog we I don't I hate that people leapfrog animation they yeah. just go oh Arkane okay, just doesn't count even though that was incredible and Castlevania just doesn't count because oh, it's animation that's that's so sickeningly infuriating not yeah. towards you but that general sort of conversation of like oh it just doesn't matter we're still waiting video game curse is still a thing it's like no 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 it was broke years ago yeah. like and those those properties are immaculately transferred like especially in Castlevania's case well especially in Arkane's case um, but they just don't count because they're not live action and even then I would point to something like Detective Pikachu I guess towards the end of that it gets a bit messy but it's very very well made I just that whole thing that having we've both grown up with the oh my god the video game curse and it's like have we not moved on at all for
2: like twenty years? It, no, it's true, and I, I do definitely get those frustrations. I would say that animation is a different medium and different when it comes to video game adaptations. Mm. I'd say it's probably easier to get right in animation because you can more accurately mimic the um, you know the style of the original game mm-hmm. and even kind of like the structure and the formula of the original game. Whereas it's harder to get right in live action, not necessarily because it's harder to translate into live action, but because the hoops you have to jump through to get anything made in Mm -hmm. live action, Mm -hmm. I would say are arguably harder than animation. Like, think of how long The Last of Us has been optioned as an adaptation. I've said that's word so many times, it's losing (laughs) meaning. But it was originally, you know, going to be a movie, then it wasn't, then it was in development hell, then it wasn't, then it Mm. was a TV show. Think of how long it took Uncharted to get made in live action. Yeah, that's true. That thing was in development for so long, Mark Wahlberg went from being Nathan Drake (laughs) to being Sully. If that was an animated show, you would imagine it would be a faster turnaround quote-unquote easier to get made not to say that it doesn't take a lot of effort to get those animated shows made and to get them as good as they are but Mm -hmm. i do think they are two different kettle of fish and it's harder to break the video game curse in live action than it is to break in animation that's true
1: there's also i mean going forward they're filming tv's different mediums anyway so we'll still get the. we've never had a truly great movie so it doesn't really count but like like all this last of us stuff is clearly getting that buzz going again although most of it really stemmed from that one polygon article who had it in the headline um, saying it finally breaks the video game case. And then people like me going, It's been broken
3: for years. <laughs>
1: There's so much stuff that we just don't talk about. Um, and all the ongoing stuff with uh, Hollywood's general sort of representation of animation and the conversations around that. And just being like, Oh my God, can we just recognize quality? Like, <laughs> yes. for the love of God, like, just what are we doing? Um, anyway, and I'm very nicely wound up now. Um, I love this yes. because
2: this wasn't what the podcast was going <laughs> to no, be about at all. We've got like eight things written down, <laughs> and this wasn't one of them. No.
1: Um, so we'll get through some of the most breaking uh, news stories and things doing the rounds <laughs> in the industry as Josh fights his microphone Good God. Um, to stay on topic um, to talk more about The Last of Us. Um, so yeah, the first thing is um, the close protocol coming in way under expectations. And this is according to Korean website MK Odyssey saying that the game cost $162 million um, going alongside analyst firm Samsung Security saying, and I quote, the company expected cumulative sales of around 5 million copies, but considering the current sales ranking, whatever that is, uh, cumulative sales of only 2 million copies um, are what they're targeting for this year. So it's way, way under. They said that um, 2 million copies um, will not. Be, it has not been easy until 2023, but even then, whatever that sales number is, is drastically under what it should be. And even uh, titles like Resident Evil 8 only brought in around five to six million as well. So for a new IP to get anywhere near that is uh, climbing uphill. Glenn, ice skating uphill in the words of Blade.
2: Very good. Thank you. Glenn Schofield must be haunted by the, <laughs> by the phrase five million copies. Because if you recall, Scott Tilford, I do. five million copies was what Dead Space 3 needed to sell in order for that to continue as a franchise. Right. No. It did not hit it, then Dead Space died. So it is incredibly <laughs> ironic and incredibly just poetic in a terrifying way I Uh suppose that they expected the Callisto protocol to sell five million copies as well to justify its existence and that was fighting an even bigger uphill battle Mm -hmm. in my opinion than Dead Space 3. Dead Space at the time was at least an established franchise and like you were saying there you know for the likes of Resident Evil it's maybe difficult to get to five million within the first year or whatever Mm -hmm. so the idea that that was the number for Callisto to me was almost setting it up for a fail. Then, obviously, the reviews certainly didn't help. And I played through it myself finally last mm-hmm. week to completion. And man, like, if I had bought that full price. Even sitting in sitting right
1: across the room from me, Yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> even in its patch state, which I'll get into more oh, about the God. differences of that soon, yeah. but if, if I bought that first price, and, full price, and didn't get it as a Christmas present, I would have been incredibly, incredibly disappointed, mm. and while I would recommend the Callista Protocol to diehard horror fans, right. I would not recommend it at full price. I would wait for a heavy discount and jump in, because it is a 6 out of 10, a 7 out of 10 bland oh. fest that only took me 7 hours to complete, and I would was doing everything that I could, you know, Mm -hmm. that was going through it in a lethargic way. The thing is, like, that. not only did I buy it at
1: full price, I bought it at midnight. I've been looking forward to it all year long. I listened to the to Protocol podcast. I, for a time, was like, oh, it's kind of cool because the way that Glenn Schofield exited EA, he was very public about literally just very much like F-E-A. Like, I'm done with them. They trap me like, they insert word, and I'm just done with them. And I don't think he was that involved in Dead Space 3 because of that. I think he'd gone by that point, but I could right. be wrong. Maybe they were just following various notes that he left behind or whatever. But either way, you yeah. want to believe that someone who broke away from a, a big corporate entity and has this much money behind them Um, you know, could do something incredible with it. And I kind of want to hold up Callisto's marketing as the way to do it, because I, like, in in theory, um, because obviously some of this is going to be sort of scrutinized because it didn't actually deliver on the sales front. But you still have this uh, podcast that fleshed out the world. You had him doing all sorts of interviews on uh, Variety and Ars Technica and getting out there. Like, a lot of people knew the name Glenn Schofield last year that they didn't beforehand. And that whole idea of, like, pivoting off Dead Space and going, like, that's just the corporate thing. They're remaking it because that's the easy thing to do. I'm the future. I'm the guy and like stick with me and this is the future Crystal protocol whatever and then for the game to just be so crushingly disappointing and I think there's like sparks of hope Mario in uh, (laughs) in terms of the way the combat works where you can have fun with it and you can't pick dudes up telekinetically and fling them at parts of the environment but it's so like it's like a one-tenth of that experience you're actually having fun most of the rest of it is terrible world building terrible dialogue like just a terrible general sense of pace to it and abysmal level design where you're just inching through it you're squeezing through it yeah where it doesn't even need to load anything, but it just is, because an entire corridor is just a set of squeezes, um, which we're more and more sick of these days.
2: It's, it's funny, because we've almost played two different versions of the same game. Mm. You played it at launch, and I know you have played it since the patch went mm. live, you know, the big patch that changed things, but you got it in its most frustrating form, right? Yeah. Where the combat was more or less broken, where it was cheap, where you were getting killed all the time, it just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. I got the sanitized version of it, where the combat was too easy, because yeah. they changed a lot of it and made dodging easier, give you more invincibility frames Mm -hmm. or indeed give you any invincibility (laughs) frames to the point where bosses, you can literally just hold right on the stick and you will dodge everything that comes in and there's no challenge to it at all. So the version that I played wasn't necessarily bad, Mm. but it was incredibly bland. It was incredibly boring. For a seven-hour experience, I had very few memorable encounters. I thought the combat was just unfun. The stealth was... Broken to the point where it it didn't, as long as you didn't feel viable at all to me. Well, it felt too viable for me, Scott (laughs) Tilford. Maybe it's because of the patch, but I could literally walk up to a set of three monsters that were more or less short at the shoulder and stealth kill each one right. without them being alerted. Like it right, was just right. broken to that level. Um, I it tried to sneak it behind
1: a guy and it just didn't give me the stealth prompt. <laughs> the stab prompt, I was like, okay, cool. That was before the patch. But well, yeah. this
2: is it. Two very different versions of the same <laughs> game. But the versions that we did kind of, all the other things and the features that we did share were the story, were the person, And that to me was one of the biggest disappointments. Like I wasn't expecting too much from the story itself. Mm. But I, it just felt like it had chunks of it cut out. And I was trying to theorize why it felt like so much was missing. So mm-hmm. much connective tissue was just kind of overlooked. So mm-hmm. many character shifts and their motivations just seemingly changed on a dime. Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether it was, and this is my tinfoil hat theory because it was originally supposed to be connected to the PUBG universe yep. and then we realised that it wasn't and they announced last year that actually they'd broken it off to become its own thing I wonder whether the stuff that feels jarring is because that was the stuff more directly tied to the PUBG maybe. mythos maybe not maybe I'm just trying to find excuses for why it feels well, so is,
1: dodgy the but. way that it ends that not, I guess I'm not going to spoil the way that the Crystal Protocol ends although I think anyone who really cares about it has finished it at this point but the grand reveals that you get towards the end the reason why the prison exists it's location in the galaxy, what they're trying to do with that general sort of setup and everything else, that would still bolt onto a PUBG, any Battle Royale scenario, the idea of like why why so many humans are being involved in something and one one being picked for a reason after that. Like you could still, like I, I still see the seeds of that in there. Um, but like, yeah, that whole idea of it being this sort of PUBG off and whatever, it's like that didn't really, that never really worked for them. And I guess they had to sort of siphon it off. But that was the one part of the marketing that they didn't really make that clear. And then at some point last year, it was just sort of, did you hear... It's not in the PUBG universe anymore. All oh, right, okay, I guess someone somewhere said that, um, and that wasn't the case anymore. But yeah, I just I'm just fascinated by it. For me, it gets almost everything right, apart from every core part of the experience. Right. Like I just think it looks beautiful. I think a lot of the um, it's very atmospheric, and I think a lot of the lighting effects are great. The photo mode I had a lot of fun taking really gory photos in it, um, and just the animation quality is incredible for the for the most part. Um, and even things down to like the way the Dual Sense works on PS5. Like even on the menus, it has like very light sort of you know it, it, you can feel you're moving through a menu, and it's like that's an extra level of dev time um, or dev consideration that a game under endless crunch or whatever might not have been able to get around to. And I was like, you're getting everything right apart from the fundamentals. And yeah. it's just like, it's just kind of like this weird fascinating mess. Um, and so, yeah, like the state that it's in, there's two more story packs to come. Uh, Publisher Crafton, obviously, um, their stock tanked or whatever because it didn't sell very well. Obviously, right now, we know that it's under uh, the sales targets anyway. So, assumedly, they've already greenlit the story story packs, but it's not unprecedented to cancel story stuff because Mass Effect Androm- it happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. True. So I guess we'll see I across do, the rest of
2: this. Yeah. I, as much as I you know, didn't love the experience and found a lot of it quite bland, mm. it is a shame that they won't get the chance, or at least right now, doesn't seem like they're going to get the mm. chance to properly try to m- improve things with a sequel. Yes, they have the story DLC incoming if it mm. doesn't get canceled, but I was playing through it thinking... I would like to see what they could do with the sequel. Mm. You know, take the feedback on board and properly flesh things out, change some things that weren't wasn't that didn't work in mm. the original game and make the evil within two to this nice. game's the evil within. Because <laughs> I the the two games that I was reminded of most playing through this uh, title were The Evil Within 1 and Doom 3. and I It's love very Doom 3. Doom, It's such Doom 3 in the setting, and I, I'm a big fan of Doom 3. I'd I run think. away from Doom 3. I know you do. Get it I away from me. I don't think this is as good as Doom 3 or mm. as good as The Evil Within 1, but it feels like The Evil Within 1 in that there's a lot of good ideas in there, a lot of poorly executed ideas in mm. there, but you can see the path to success you can see what they can take what they can leave how they can morph it if the developers are you know good enough and the direction is there to make something really good Mm -hmm. with a Callisto Protocol 2 but now it seems like they won't get the chance and that's a shame and that's why I would ultimately recommend it at a heavy discount because I think that you know it is beautiful it is still satisfying enough at times it just is kind of like it's almost like when you play a Souls like and you can see right. the bones of a better game. You can see the ideas that have been taken. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't quite have the polish. It doesn't quite have the finesse to elevate it to a proper Souls experience. It was but like, it has some of the tenets of what
1: you enjoy. Well, that's the thing. It was one of those things where when I was playing through it, I was like, well, I've paid the money. It looks very nice. And you're sort of almost fighting the presentation because you're like, how can something that looks this good and this new gen or whatever be so off-putting and so boring and so bland and rote and everything? And you sort of just get in that weird mind sp- uh, headspace where they were, it's like, well, I could just sell this, but I might as well see it through or whatever. And it's that unique thing about gaming where it's like, I am playing something that's undercooked. And because they did that massive patch in the first sort of like week or so, where they like sped up the healing animation by literally about like 150% or something. And they added like weapon, faster weapon switching. Um, and they added all the invincibility frames. And it just felt like immediately they were like, oh God, sorry, no, it wasn't finished. Okay, this is what it needed to be. And then it was just that weird thing of like, well, where's your artistic integrity? Like, did you, was that healing animation a mistake? from the beginning like were you always going to speed it up because it's animated to be slow yeah. and then even in, in the new one that you have now it looks like a sped up animation like it just looks weird and so like I said everything around it just felt like that meme of like the, the big jug of water spouting some leak and they just slap something on it <laughs> um, for now just to sort of like try and recoup some sales and word of mouth and stuff at launch um, and maybe things smooth out across this yeah I kind of the, there's enough of the combat that I think has promise that I, I I'm up for playing the story DLC if, if it's reviews well or whatever but if it's just the same game um, and then the writing is just so abysmal anyway, I just quite like the setup. I quite like what they have and mm. um, by the very end of the game of what the prison is and why it's in that location. I, I like that enough in the most barest, boring sense possible. I'm like,
2: there's something here, kind of. T- me too, to be fair. like <laughs> A lot of the reveals on paper, I thought, that's kind of neat. My issue is... The only story in the game is in that last hour, yeah, maybe two-hour totally, yeah. chunk. There's nothing before, then. it's just a series of um, <laughs> roadblocks that you have to overcome. Going out of the sewers, oh no! Like yeah. your transport has been destroyed. Poo now? Yeah, you're coming poo. <laughs> You're falling through the space station. You need to grab into this vent or whatever to. How does he survive that? I don't. Well, how many is times is it the suit? how many times does this game cut to black and mm. then you awaken somewhere else? And it's like, how am I here? How has this character found me? That's what I mean <laughs> about like the pacing and yeah. the it feeling like there has been stuff cut out because those transitions are not smooth at all. Mm. And I also want to just shout out my boy, Sam Whitwer, Yes. Because just give him a good game. He's such a good actor and I think this is probably his worst performance I like Days Gone but even that got you know the second game got cancelled true and what I mean is you know put him in a in a franchise that's successful and allows him to kind of spread his wings because he gets about three or four scenes in this entire game and the final two or maybe even three of those scenes are just him being Dwayne the Rock Johnson after he turns into a demon in Doom, <laughs> the, the Doom movie. movie. Uh, the thing is, like, well, that. Wasted, man. Totally. Like, that's the thing. I was gonna mention, like, speaking of being wasted, like, you
1: have, and I guess that that's where the, the money side of it went in, you have this insane cast, and it's not that they were, like, A-listers, like, you know, it's like Tom Cruise is popping up in this, but it's a very reliable cast. Like, like on the podcast, like, I mean, I wanted to sh- like, just shout out that Gwendolyn Christie's in that. She's the main character, and uh, and her sort of mentor that's looking after her uh, that's on the other side of the mic, the comms, is Michael Ironside. So it's just, like, Sam Fisher is backing up Gwendolyn Christie. Like, that's a incredible thing on paper and I was like immediately I dove into the podcast it's terribly written it's really bad avoid it but I got through all that and I, I remember that, that being the initial warning sign where I was like oh my god if this is the level of writing then oh god we're in for something and in the game you've got Karen Fukuhara Josh Duhamel like all these people that are sort of like I guess they're B list or whatever you want to call them but they're beloved that's what the B can stand for in this case they're like they're, <laughs> they're beloved especially in Karen Fukuhara's case she's yeah. from the boys I just can't believe how much they had and they just they just messed it all up and it just I think it's fascinating um how much it was so close to being stitched together, but it's just left open a little bit, and that is a gaping wound at this stage.
2: I suppose it is a case of you can see where the money's gone. Yes. Like it does feel like a big budget production in terms of the actors that are involved. Like mm. you mentioned, the opulence in the cutscenes and indeed very showy. the showy uh, general sort of presentation. Like I think. I haven't played the Dead Space remake. Right. But I think Callisto looks better than the Dead Space remake yes, right now in terms of its visual presentation and stuff. And that's impressive. It mm. just is what you were saying. Like they've pumped so much money and gotten so much right, but the fundamentals just are not there. Are undercooked. And I don't know why they're undercooked. Mm-hmm. Is it experience in the team? Is it a lack of direction? Is it a lack of time? Yeah. I don't have any idea, but it's 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 not there. And the fact that like you were saying, they did they were so quick mm. to amend things like Uh, the invincibility frames, the healing animation and Mm. stuff, to me suggests that it wasn't play tested enough, rather than it was a it was a proper artistic decision. It was more, or we haven't had enough feedback to properly iterate on these mm. mechanics. There's also the fact that, I mean, we will move
1: on from this, but it's just like I think it's, I just think it's fascinating. Like, if you go down the artistic direction route, and the idea of like, you're you're the dude that did Dead Space, you did space, what's the next thing you're going to do? And then from the ground up, it's like, well, we're going to have the same telekinetic, um, you know, grab enemies mechanic, and it's called the same thing. I'm going through Dead Space 2 at the minute, and it's the exact same thing. Um, like In uh, Callisto, it's still called Grip, but they spell it Mm GRP. Whereas in um, Dead Space 1 and 2, it's just called Grip with an Eye. And it's just like, okay, I see how you got around that. And it's just like, things like that, where it's like you set out to do the exact same thing. You're stomping enemies, you're getting um, ammunition out of them and stuff. It was just that, it's just such a weird, playing it so safe, yeah. but then not doing anything that goes like, this is why you should pay attention to me. Yes. As opposed to just, I'm the guy that did Dead Space and I've done a Dead Space again, as if it's 2007, with kind of some basic punch-out mechanics, and that's about <laughs> it. Like, that is kind of just
2: it. I would I would back that. And again, you know, I, I really thought I was going to like this game. I thought, you know, I, I'm playing it after the reviews have come out. I'm mm. playing it in its updated version. Uh, I think I could just... You know, go with it and have a good time. And it's a, it's a shame that I couldn't because yeah. my expectations were so low, and I was still disappointed. It's not the worst game in the world. It mm. doesn't deserve, in my opinion, to be on the worst games of last year lists. But certainly <laughs> the most disappointing. Take about hours. I don't think it is. <laughs> okay. I did that one and I, I left it off. Oh, okay, it cool, like, cool. It's not. Doesn't deserve to be on the worst, but it <laughs> deserves to be on the most disappointing because there's so much potential there. Like I won't keep going on about it. Like you said, we've mm. been talking about it for a while. But so many things that they bring up but don't develop. Like the idea that. The the implant that your character gets can mm. cause you to kind of like lose track of space and time, have hallucinations like you get one or two, mm. but could that not have been fleshed out more in the actual gameplay, mm-hmm. kind of like how Dead Space 3 was going to do that same thing and mm-hmm. you know... And 2 has that as well Into has that as well, give you scenarios where you're not sure if it's uh, real or if your character is imagining it, if there's something going on with the chip, and they kind of pay lip service to it, they pay lip service to a lot of cool ideas, but like yep. I said, don't execute any of them mm-hmm. very well, and that's why I would have liked a sequel because the ideas are there. The yep. creativity in certain areas is there. You just need to flesh it out. But yeah, it doesn't look like they've got to get the opportunity to.
1: I think, yeah, I think they'll, well, hopefully they'll fulfill their season pass stuff. Um, it's kind of interesting now how much they got out ahead of, obviously, the launch period. Maybe they knew they didn't have a 10 out of 10, but it's like, let's lock down some season pass stuff. Let's lock down an audience that have paid in advance so we can say to our investors and our publisher, hey, we have all these people waiting on stuff. It would look bad for you guys if you cancel it now. Um, and then they can, they can do some story pass and stuff, and, and sort of flesh things out, so I, I hope that it gets better, I love third person horror, and third person anything, and third person horror uh, in space especially, and I just, I just, I hope it finds some way to be smoothed over because um, there's something here, it's just buried, it's absolutely buried under every other mistake that it makes, um, anyway uh, another piece of news, um, still about Dead Space stuff, is a Dead Space movie, now John Carpenter, none other than John Carpenter said in 2022 to the AV Club uh, when being asked about, you know, is there any movies that you might want to adapt, you're a big gamer, is there anything that you want to uh, actually make into a movie. He said, the only one I can think of, and he has mentioned it before, is Dead Space. That would make a really great movie. I could do that. Um, recently, um, he spoke to Variety, and they asked as a general follow-up, so are you doing a bit of a Dead Space? And he said they already have another director involved. Mm-hmm. So a Dead Space movie is actually happening in a very coy kind of way. Scott, do you think a Dead Space movie might... Break the video game curse. <laughs> it's about time something did. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's doing anything in 2D animation, but you know, they should probably do something in low live That would be
2: cool, man. I wish John Carpenter was involved. Like, I I, I I, want John Carpenter to come back. He's not done a movie since 2010's The Ward, which was okay. okay. But I, for me, John Carpenter is, yes, an excellent filmmaker, but he's also just an entertaining filmmaker. Like, to yeah. me, even his worst movies are, like, really watchable. He's what I wish Sam Raimi was. Oh, that, that's brutal. <laughs> that's, 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 you just brutalized me in one sentence. Oh,
1: my word. I've never, I don't think I've ever really, other than the Spidey trilogy, first two, not even the Spidey trilogy, other than the first two Spidey movies, no. I, I can't get with Sam Raimi.
2: Not an Evil Dead fan?
1: No, God, no. Not no, a Drag Me to a, Hell fan? What a waste of time that was. Not an
2: Oz the Great and Powerful fan? I haven't, seen, <laughs> I haven't seen that. One. <laughs> no I one saw, else.
1: <laughs> Drag me to hell. I hated it. I saw evil, evil thingy, and I, I was gonna say evil with it. Yeah. Evil Dead. Hated it. No, that that sort of like. Hey, we're terrible, but you'll keep watching. Like, yeah. no, well, no, no, I won't. I'll turn it off.
2: That, that's. I mean, I want to ignore you slagging off my favorite director of all time for a second now. And you like the thing, though, right? You I, that's like the John Carpenter's that is, music, and I, I know.
1: Well, I was just thinking. Yeah, literally, one of my favorite films is John Carpenter's The Thing, nineteen eighty two. Um, and I was just thinking, John Carpenter's uh, soundtracks for the Halloween movies and the EPs that him and his son put, uh, put out um, are brilliant. And what if you did John Carpenter's music with Dead Space? Oh, maybe they hire him anyway. They would.
2: Maybe he, they'd bring him in. I think in that same interview, he talks about how he likes doing. Doing, um, scores for things now because mm. he treats it like a like a carpenter job or something. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's just fine to go into a movie, you know, do a thing for them and not have to worry about the creative <laughs> side of it. Just yeah, be like he's yeah, yeah. the music. I don't care if your film's bad. Like I've done and they my are by job. far the <laughs>
1: best part of the new Halloween
2: trilogy as well. Yes, one hundred percent. Like I want to see a Dead Space movie, but I wonder whether you know. I know we have had some animated movies before, but do you double down and go back and make more animated things in the Dead Space mm. world? Do you do a movie? Do you do a TV show I'm not sure like every time I have a property that I love Mm. that gets adapted to live action uh, feature films it's almost always bad or middle of the road Mm -hmm. and I would rather take a smaller scale Dead Space TV show
0: cool fact
3: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. Maybe rather than a movie, because there's too it much would be too easy to get this wrong. Movie. That's it. That's it, makes it yeah. me,
1: what was that Cloverfield spin off? Um, Cloverfield Paradox? Maybe? Yeah, the one that
2: was in space.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's what I think the Dead Space live action thing would end up being if it wasn't in the right hands. But also that whole thing of him saying last year that he's up for it. And then um, now, but oh, all they have, have another director involved. Who have you got? Mm. Who have you got that is better than John Carpenter? Remember when um, uh, Brian Cranston was like, I'll be Lex Luthor? Yeah. And then they just didn't do that. And then they got Jesse Eisenberg in. It's like, what? who? When? Did you not see what he said?
2: Well, it's- Like um, uh, bloody Dave Batista wanting to be Marcus Phoenix, and they they keep going.
1: "Uh, No, we can't do that. Maybe like
2: he's a great actor. It's right there. (laughs) It's right there. Just (laughs) just do it. It's
1: an open goal. It's the World Cup of stuff. just
2: take the shot. Like, what are you doing? I wonder whether they think John Carpenter's like maybe not viable in the modern age, because like I say, he's not made a movie in 13 years. That movie didn't do well at the box office. Mm -hmm. You know, he's made a lot of box office bombs. Maybe they just don't trust him in that way. They want some fresh blood. But like the thing about John Carpenter is he's a good filmmaker, but also he loves video games. Like you alluded to there. Mm -hmm. I was reading that whole variety piece and he talked about his perfect day and his perfect day was wake up watch a bit of news play video games watch a bit of basketball go (laughs) to sleep like he's looking forward to the Dead Space remake in January Mm. he really has a passion passionist, like you know love of this uh, bloody property do you commit? Come what on. What if
1: he's, this is a ruse. Come and he's on. He's throwing us all off because he is involved, but he oh. can't tell anybody because he's NDA'd. Be what if it. the only way to get around this is to, is to just say, oh, someone else is doing it? Oh. And then he's, loving, he's looking for the Dead Space remake. He's tweeting about Dead Space.
2: And then he goes, hey, by the way, guys, I'm actually doing it. I'd take that. Him and uh, him and Cody on the EP. It would probably be let let's face it, Scott. If Go this on. ends up happening, it'll be an Amazon Prime exclusive, <laughs> and it will look like every like the Halo Amazon show. Prime sci-fi show or the Halo show, which looks like an Amazon Prime sci-fi show.
1: To be fair, um, Amazon also have the Expanse, which is a very good-looking sci-fi show. Like my, that's oh my god, just give it to the Expanse guys. Okay, they already do so much stuff about like mining things in space. If you want to get really good tactile-looking um, weapons and armor and this idea of space mining and planet cracking and all the dead space stuff. Give it to the Expanse people. They're already doing something. I feel what they're doing that's some big deal yeah. as their next project. But to give it to the Expanse people. They've already kind of proven they can make that look good.
2: I'll trust you on that.
1: Not as much in Season 1, but it gets there. <laughs> okay. It gets better. I think Season 1 looks good, but still. Um, next news thing is a new PlayStation 5 model with a removable disk drive. Um, this comes from Tom Henderson, a notable uh, insider who also has Insider Gaming, um, saying that the new system, the new model has the same hardware specs, um, but um, all the insiders that he's talking to don't believe that the actual uh, detachable disk drive will be compatible with existing digital PS5s, even though they are going to be selling the disk drive separately, but it's only for the newest model. It's only for the newest main PS5. um, Which is like what are, we, what are we doing? Um, under the assumption that um, they don't believe it'll be compatible with existing uh, digital PS5, but that might change with upcoming firmware. Um, but this is like some weird half step where Sony kind of want to push digital sales. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone who has a digital PS5. Actually, yeah, my brother-in-law has a, has a digital PS5. One human being.
2: My brother did have it until he right. traded it in for an Xbox, but he did get the digital version first. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So I feel like they they want to get there. They want to have that locked down marketplace where they can charge you £70 and whatever it is, $70. Honest. Um, you know, a digital marketplace that you can't get around in any way. So I guess that's what they're moving towards. But this is a weird half step. It reminds me of that HD DVD thing you could get for the 360. Yes. Where it was like a little separate disk drive that like no one bought.
2: I'm fine with this. I don't mm. think it'll sell like hot kicks, but I nope. like the idea that it's there is an option. it sucks that it's not compatible with, or potentially not compatible with the digital versions of the console that are already out there. Mm. but if it saves someone having to buy an entire new machine if they decide in you know a couple of months after they buy the digital version mm. that they want a disk drive for mm. pre-owned games or for 4k movies, you know then it's 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 good to have I'm pleased it's there. it's not something that I will utilize, but no. if it like I say if it eliminates that issue, Sure, but why you'd, not? you'd
1: have to get a new PS5 though. If you have a digital console right now, you'd have yeah. to buy this new weird one that, assuming it looks very similar, just to get your digital sorry uh, just to get your detachable disc drive, or just hope that they fix it going forward and allow it to work on the one that you already spent half a thousand pounds on.
2: That does suck. That is the <laughs> issue there. That is the big issue. You know, they should have made it compatible mm-hmm. with the previous models, but you know, going forward, it's good for whoever gets a digital mm-hmm. version in the future, hopefully. But yeah, it sucks that they couldn't make it compatible or just chose not to make you it. I tell I've only
1: very recently started trading games in again. I sort of like, I think it's just a proximity thing. There was like, there was a, in the UK we have a chain just literally called Game um, and there's one of them opened near me again. So I've started trading stuff in again. I like that. Yeah. I like getting some money back and then trading it in and, and buying things. Yes. I definitely prefer that to being locked to a digital price thing so I, I, I don't know I think that like physical trade-ins and whatever like not necessarily are an immortal part of gaming but are a worthwhile part of gaming yes. and it gives the power back to the consumer and you're not stuck with whatever prices they dictate like certain things especially on the Nintendo front um, are just 50 pounds 60 pounds forever um, because they, they what well, are they going to lose like they might as well and some of that transfers over to the physical side too but you will get a bit of a discount in the physical thing yeah. maybe like a five pounds off or something but I just like the idea of things that benefit the consumer and I think if they're moving towards locking down on their entire economy and their marketplace, that kind of sucks.
2: I agree, but this to me indicates that they're not doing that, that they're actually oh, giving yeah. people the option to then get a disc drive and mm. be like, okay, you want to get back into pre-owned games? You want to get back into trading in games? Mm. There you go, buy this. You want to you amend, you know, the mistake potentially of, <laughs> getting <laughs> of getting a digital machine? He is the solution to mm. that rather than buying a new console. I think it's, uh, it's a move that I didn't really expect. Mm. In and in, to be honest, when I was reading about it this morning and six months ago, whenever it was first rumored, I thought, who cares? Who's right. that? Who's that for? But now I've actually talked myself into this being a good idea, <laughs> though it does suck that it isn't backwards compatible. I see it as
1: them just de incentivizing the idea of physical stuff and treating it like an add on and not treating it like a core part of gaming or a core part of something they support. So it's just like, well, we've got it's like HD DVD, like that yeah. died in Blu Ray 1. Yeah, um, it's just that uh, the idea of a uh, removable disc drive, it's like it's fundamentally uh, detachable. It's fundamentally an add on. It's fundamentally optional. Yes. and I don't like that as a core part of their being
2: as is a it not better than not having it though is what i'm saying now mm. is it not worse in the current form where they have a digital version that you can't get this add-on mm. for and then just a disc version because i can't imagine the disc version is going to go away
1: well, that's the, I guess that's the thing. It depends what they discontinue. Because yeah. it's like that idea of like, do they discontinue the physical one and give you this optional thing? And then it's like, is there scarcity around the disc add-on? And like, there's, there's ways they can manipulate the market. And I just, I just, I just think their end game is a, mar- is a full digital marketplace. Because yeah. um, this ultimate end game is a series of streaming apps on TVs. And I'm just like, that's your full digital thing. So like, how do you get a mass consumer towards that? Um, and i think you slowly move them away from thinking about physical products that's, and physical media
2: man i never thought about it that way like when <laughs> i like my, that's such a and you know it's a I'm not saying this is anything about you that's a <laughs> m- mangle of a sense <laughs> i'm trying the last to throw a disclaimer in before i say this yeah. but that's a very cynical way to view this oh, I, would, I think it's I would, yeah, yeah, business argue. af yeah 100% because to me i i think oh this is Absolutely them embracing the fact that traditional media, as mm. it were, is still around and catering towards that rather than getting you to think about that as being an optional add-on. Mm. To me, this is, it would it's way more egregious to just say, he's a digital console and that's what you're stuck with. That, to me, is a bigger pivot towards the old digital marketplace true, than true. making this yeah. uh, disc add-on they could
1: go that way they, I mean yeah if they, if they decided to just do that then yes that, that would be them being incredibly cynical however I just think under Jim Ryan's leadership it's very cold it's a very cold Sony it reminds me a lot of the PS3 era Sony it's very business moves AF um, and it's very we're seeing a homogenization of their gameplay styles you're seeing a lot of moves towards like you know acquiring uh, mobile developers um, lots of uh, increased monetization the PlayStation Star stuff it, in theory was started as an NFT project I just I see the cold if I'm reading the tea, the tea leaves they are cold it's cold tea <laughs> <laughs> cold tea leaves, um, and to me, it's not. I I get this the potential cynicism side of it, but for me, everything else lines up in that direction. Um, and I don't Sony don't feel like a company that cares as much about the consumer, um, even though that is in itself a gigantic bigger conversation. Yeah, but I feel like if you compare the like Shuhei Yoshida era, um, or um, I forgot what you called the dude that came after him, but like the, the last few years compared to the way Jim Ryan is, I feel like the way he runs his ship is very cold and businesslike. And how do we squeeze these people a lot more?
2: I'd give you that. <laughs> I, I would give you that. But like I said, to me, them squeezing the people would be to not give you this option so that True. you would have to buy a whole new concept. Well, there's only a massage the speaking. people. They, need, yeah. to get, they <laughs> yeah. need to get there. If they just did it immediately, it
1: would be like a, some sort of weird Google Stadia move or something. True. Um, and I feel like they need to get there slowly. But um, <laughs> yes, uh, we'll see what happens, though. This is meant to be coming out um, across the year, um, this, uh, in theory, new PS5 model. However, the, the specs are the same uh, internally in terms of how it will run games and everything. It's just giving you the idea, uh, the option to add a removable disk drive. Um, the next thing down, I'll mess up this dude's name, um, but there was a known leaker of, um, pretty much every month there's a leaker of PlayStation Plus games um, called Area Jugones which is something like close to that will be their actual day. Um, so I do apologize. Um, but they've said that a, a Metal Gear Solid remake announcement is coming in February and March. Um, and this also goes alongside Konami producer uh, Noriaki Akamura um, noting in Famitsu that the, the keyword from him, he did this sort of sign-off uh, in Famitsu last year, saying the 2023's keyword is long-awaited. Um, and also thrown in here is that some fans think they've spotted Gray Fox in Fortnite ah. um, when the most recent announcement for the newest season of Fortnite came out, the one that has Doomguy and uh, Geralt and whatever else in there and if you zoom in a bit there's a telephone box in the background and it looks like Gray Fox is sitting in there so maybe Konami's doing this
2: triple pronged approach
1: of a little bit of a social media announcement, a little bit of a Fortnite seed um, and then sort of uh, getting the word out about the remake.
2: You might hate me for this, but Gray Fox is such a Fortnite skin, like in a good way, like he fits so well. I've done well. such a
1: face there, and they'll, they'll never see it.
2: They never will. Within that world, I'm like, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I can see that selling really well, not even to Metal Gear fans exclusively. I think it'll just look cool within that world. I think that's that the world. end of the world, that. I think um, I feel quite sick. I think it might be the, the beginning of culture, rather like than it. the end of there culture. Is,
1: um, there is a character, I don't know anything about Fortnite, but there is a, there is a skin of uh, of someone with like a, like a whole like a like a circle on the front of their face anyway is that right which is a bit Grey Foxy mm. but I mean he came first <laughs> Grey Fox is I can not fort- I can't I don't like that as someone who spent over 100 English pounds on a Grey Fox figure I can't I can't uh, admit that I bought a Fortnite skin people will start coming around your house and say
2: oh my god it's Grey Fox oh my god, Fortnite the,
1: yeah which they will say in 2040 about every single character ever that is actually because true because everything is just being enveloped by that thing yeah Um. but yeah what do you think of that as a let's say this is all true um, what do you think of the idea of Metal Gear Solid remake in 2040? 2023 and the idea of promoting it through Fortnite. yes
2: sure you know we've (laughs) we've heard about the idea of a metal gear Solid remake for so many years now it was supposed to come at the game awards it was supposed to be announced before even that i feel like every six months this rumor does the rounds Mm -hmm. but hopefully like you said with konami saying that they do have announcements in store that the keyword for this year is long awaited uh they must have other things in their Chamber, mm. and the Silent Hill games that they've announced, and Metal Gear is obviously their biggest franchise that they have right now, mm-hmm. and we don't know what Blue Point has been working on, so yes, it likes no, up. there is also that. And if they want to do the multiple pronged attack by, you know, announcing a proper remake, and then putting characters in Fortnite... That's that's back with a bang, baby. That's
1: back with a bang. <laughs> if they do the thing where they put Grey Fox as a Fortnite skin <laughs> in Fortnite, which I don't like saying out loud, that'll mean that and there's a whole generation of kids who go, that's a really cool ninja skin that looks like it's very much distinct from Fortnite, but I want to play as that character, and you can't. You can't do anything with that character in Metal Gear Solid other than fight him once and be haunted by him a few times. No.
3: There's a
2: lot of great scenes well, though. but is this true, Scott Tilford? Because what if they roll in some of the ideas from, you know, the VR missions. I was just going to say, in um, the secret yes. sort of unlocks and the VR missions from Metal Gear Solid 2, well, you can get the Gray Fox skin. I and then bought you,
1: that just because of Gray Fox Well, there you go.
2: Yeah. And then you can unlock the Gray Fox skin and then you can play as Gray Fox in the main game. that would be a really <laughs> cool unlockable. I would like that. I would like that
1: as a skin. You can do that like, in Metal Gear Rising as well. Um, but in the VR missions, you got like his moves. You could do the backflips and land on people and cut their heads off and stuff. It was really cool.
2: Am I misremembering? Because I could have sworn you could unlock the ability to play as Grey Fox in the first Metal Gear Solid. If you could, I completely
1: missed it. I don't think so. I'm going to do
2: a Google while you keep talking.
1: Please do. So uh, I feel like I should launch some sort of legal uh, (laughs) filing on the uh, validity of Grey Fox as an original IP because that has actually wounded me internally.
2: Are you sick of talking about the idea of a Metal Gear Solid remake? Because it feels like um, when we used to talk about Gotham Knights uh, all the time, (laughs) you know, and it felt like we got to the point where you were just thinking, just announce it already. I don't mind talking about it because I feel like it's...
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of just numb to remakes. I don't like the idea of mining history to pretend it's the future. I just think that's lame. Right. So I'm always just like, what are, what are you bringing to the table? And I think as much as like Konami are in this weird position where like we don't believe them, that yes. they're back in the game, even though they do have a couple of different old-school collections, TMNT, Castlevania, um, and they're doing all this stuff with Silent Hill... Um, the proof, uh, the proof will be in the pudding, and I would rather they had a new IP. I'd rather they give me the next Kojima. Right. They greenlight someone who's the next Kojima. And I like that they had uh, Ryukashi 06 or 07, um, as a the codename developer dude doing the Silent Hill stuff, I'm like, that's cool. That's old. That's old school Konami. They they used to make heroes out of people, like and then let them lead entire franchises. Um, so that's what I want from Konami. It's it's not just going like, remember that thing you liked? It's back again. Mm. Like I just hate that in pretty much all media. Of course, so, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, ugh, see, I. I I do agree and I don't. I mm. think in the short term, them focusing on remakes and the franchises people love is probably necessary because I don't even think they're going to get those right. Like the, <laughs> in, I think I said this when we were talking about Silent Hill on oh. our predictions podcast, that Konami is in such a space where I think the intent is right. They want to come back with a bang, mm. but they've spent so many years dismantling their position within the game industry and game dev in general that I don't think it's something they could do overnight. So if they announced a new IP uh, that was supposed to be the next Metal Gear right now, Mm. I don't think they would get it right.
1: I guess you just don't phrase it that way. You just go, We're coming, we're back.
2: We're trying some stuff. And we're um, rediscovering our roots or something. (sighs) See, I think they need to build up. Mm. Make sure they get these remakes right for once. So for one, mm-hmm. make sure they get the other Silent Hill games right. And then if you've proven yourself, if you've proven that you are back in the game, that you can make good games, then move on mm. to the next big thing rather than trying to do the next big thing right now when you're out with a game, you're rusty, <laughs> you haven't had the experience, you don't know if the talent is there. i tell you what's interesting, thought.
1: actually. I'm just speaking of Konami and how much they just, just steered full bore into pachinko machines. In theory, touch wood and pray to all your gods. In theory, I'm going to Japan at the end of March. I'll finally get to try some pachinko. I'm very curious what the hell that thing is. There you go. Um, and whether or not, hopefully I'll be able to find the Metal Gear Pachinko machine. And I can. And maybe I'll come back oh, and that's what they should be doing. They shouldn't, <laughs> they shouldn't be remaking any of it. They should be steering more into this. Um, also, you uh, were mentioning the unlocking Gray Fox thing. I think I've thought of what you meant. If yeah. you didn't, did you find something from
2: your Google? I didn't. I couldn't find a single thing, so I might be wrong and probably am wrong. No, I'm I think
1: wrong. what you're thinking of is that you could unlock some of the skins for Gray Fox. You could get his uh, orange one. And if you kept finishing it, you got a red one. Yes, maybe yeah, it is that. that. Yes, yes, um, yes, you yes. Could, I thought you meant you could get his moves, which like they didn't <sighs> no. do until uh, VR missions on PS1. But yeah, yeah, you could play as a, a Grey Fox skin in the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, next news story down, which we're not going to detail too much, I want to talk about this in a more wider sense, is that Suicide Squad Killer Justice League's uh, story and everything has leaked apparently, although it is over on 4chan, so multiple tablespoons of salt, etc. Um, I don't want to talk about the specifics that are in there, I just wanted to touch on where you're at on the, the Suicide Squad Arkham verse, Future, etc.
2: in 2023. Honestly, man, I told you the other week, I think this is going to be the big surprise of the year. I think you're going to the they'll all be in Fortnite. It, oh, they will oh, be in God. Fortnite. Oh, 100% they are all going to Fortnite. Ugh. And I think we'll spend the next six months going, oh, is it going to be good? Do we want the <laughs> co-op experience? Are they going to commit to the bit and actually kill the Justice League or whatever? And I'm I, I confident that whilst the <laughs> gameplay might not be for you and me necessarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think story-wise they're going to nail it just right. because for my money, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, and even Arkham Knight have really good characters, really good presentation, really interesting stories True. and in general well, really well executed stories and I new yes. different Arkham Knight. I do. But to me they're 3 for 3. Even when they're bad, they're or oh, not bad, even when they're less good, mm-hmm. they're still interesting and they still take risks in yeah. my opinion in terms of the stuff that happens in Arkham Knight like with the Joker and playing as the Joker towards the end mm-hmm. and if they can transfer that over to this game, I think at least in the story it, there will be surprises. There will be interesting moments that we will talk about Mm -hmm. like we talk about uh, the Beats and the Arkham
1: That's what uh, I hope is in there because I feel like the the trailers didn't really convince me very much and then the the gameplay stuff just, yeah, four-player squad-based. I've already shut the video. I don't care. And so I'm curious what they bring to the table that will remind me of Arkham. Um, but yeah, it was just to mention that if anyone wants to know what the hell's going on with the Suicide Squad, Killer the Justice League, there are various things out there. However, they do originate from Four Chan, so there is that. But I just thought it was a it's a worthwhile touching point uh, because that is another game for this year that I feel is kind of getting buried under the likes of the Legend of Zelda and Spider Man Two and uh, Starfield and everything else. Um, the last story is from Xbox Era's Nick Baker, um, who says um, that it, and it's super super early days for this. Um, but he's heard, according to his various insiders, that Platinum Games are working with Xbox to bring back Scalebound. Um, he says, said, he said, over and over again in the, in the podcast that this is taken from, the Xbox Hero podcast, um, he does mention that this is super early. Um, and they don't, they, Platinum don't know if they're going to be going back from scratch or if they're going to revisit the things that were built and shown off. He says that it's years away. Um, but it also goes alongside um, Platinum Games, apparently rebooting Ninja Gaiden. Um, oh. Because... Why didn't
2: you lead with that? Well,
1: you know, you've got you to you bait the hook. And so, um, yeah, apparently they're going to be rebooting Ninja Gaiden um, because Team Ninja, in a separate interview, were asked about um, outsourcing their various... IP and they said they were comfortable with that. Um, and Nick Baker also broke uh, or suggested or whatever that um, Platinum Games are also handing a Ninja Gaiden reboot. So potential big future for Oi, Ninja Gaiden.
2: Forget Scalebound, right? I don't <laughs> want to be too. I've already been too Ninja um, cynical and too critical on this podcast with the right. Callisto Protocol. But forget Scalebound. That <laughs> thing's dead, right? Don't bring stop that being back. excited
1: about the old thing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, yeah it well, again, that's it, right? But Scalebound was cancelled because apparently it didn't live up to a certain level of quality that Microsoft wanted to. Yes, yeah. wanted it to. Mm -hmm. and even from the first Trails of Scalebound, I don't see that game as a mythical cancel title in the same way that we talk about Star Wars 1313 or Prey. It looked fine but I don't think it would have been the next big thing had it come out. Like Mm. There were some cool ideas in there but given Platinum's pretty dodgy track record of this rare, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say. They are capable of excellence. They have made some of the best action games of all time mm-hmm. and they've made some stuff that they've absolutely farted out that nobody <laughs> liked and was low quality and arguably it, low effort.
1: Yeah, they put a big statement out and that was after they did uh, Transformers Devastation, TMNT, I think there was one more and they did a statement saying they're not just going to take on random license stuff, Yes, they're going to do better. And they've, they've, been, they've done better since then. Astral Chain's phenomenal, it's just that no one's played the damn thing.
2: Well, there you go. Yeah, they have still made good games and I hope they do focus on quality mm. like to me, scale bound is something to leave behind, like maybe yes you okay. could do a good, but for me personally I don't have the investment in that IP that I do with other cancelled games like Silent Hills that I would die to see brought back. It's it's like you're capable of making great games. You can keep moving on. You can do something else. I'm saying that whilst being very excited about the idea that they might do Ninja Gaiden because I love Ninja Gaiden. So I'd prefer Ninja Gaiden over Scalebound. If one of the two of these were to be true it would be Ninja Gaiden every time. I just
1: I like the for Scalebound. I like the idea of an open world, um, an open world game with the combat model from a Platinum game or from a, a, a Devil May Cry style Platinum Devil May Cry style combat system in an open world. That's just a cool idea. And Bayonetta F three has parts like that. There are some areas in that game that are a bit more sprawling, a little bit more laid out, and they have little collectibles and things like that. That give you the idea of we've never really had an open world game with a really Dynamite, incredible tight combat system, and um, where you could think of really cool ways to have boss encounters happen on the fly or whatever. Um, for me, there's a lot of potential there. However, their team ethos being applied to Ninja Gaiden is also quite interesting, and um, because of the you know back in the day it was always Devil May Cry, God of War, and Ninja Gaiden that got that whole spectacle fighter thing off the ground. So what would they do with that? I think that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, the whole idea of like, I mean, for me, it's like a wider question of Xbox. It's like you got like. In reminding people or trying to sort of say to people, the future of Xbox is this, it probably isn't scale bound unless you really got behind it again. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know where it fits in the wider sort of Xbox market. I
2: think to me, the scale bound thing is more damning within that context because Mm. if it was in 10 years' time, say, and scale bound was back, Mm -hmm. that would be kind of cool. It would be kind of mysterious. Ooh, we're reviving this really old IP that many people might have forgotten about. Mm -hmm. We've kind of had nothing since scale bound was cancelled from Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) and that's my issue. They've released no new IP, no new big blockbuster IP. I mean, a lot of their studios that they've acquired are still working on stuff mm-hmm. so to me to have that gulf of nothing since they've cancelled Scalebound and then to maybe announce Scalebound again this year I would just think what are you guys doing Yeah, like if Scalebound is the thing that the only thing that you have since then where's the new IP where are the new franchises totally. like where's the new stuff mm-hmm. Even I'd even appreciate Ninja Gaiden coming back because that feels like more of a win mm. in not just reviving an idea that you cancelled five years ago and you've had nothing to replace it with, mm-hmm. that's better in the interim years. That's what I think of when I think about scalebound, it's just like, oh, we cancelled this because we wanted something better. Something better didn't come along, mm-hmm. so let's just go back to that and bring it back. I don't know. That's very cynical again. But no, maybe-
1: I mean, well, that's but that's it, at some point you're just like I said, reading the tea leaves. It's like they've not given you much um, incentive to think that they've got this all sorted. Like I, I always used to go back to the way that Halo Infinite was handled, and it was so close to launch, and Then they were like, oh, actually, it needs another year. And it was like, how did you not know that until about two months before launch? Um, yeah, I think it's interesting in terms of like a make good because a lot of people at the beginning. Beginning of the Xbox One generation, um, or I guess about halfway through the Xbox One generation, when we first saw it, well, like oh my god, this this idea of a platinum open world game—that's still a tantalizing thing. And um, maybe it's you know a, a make good in that regard. But they did try this with Phantom Dust. They were like, this is this old school IP that we're bringing back, and like it was like a little audience of 500 people went, oh my god, it's incredible, and then the rest of us went, what is this? And then right. they didn't follow up on it. They didn't do it right. And so I think they, some part of them wants to honor that idea of like we offer the gamers and we have all these old school IP and or we have this idea. Of something that was in motion, we're gonna like finish it off. Um, and then they sometimes just don't get there like because they're, they're not actually that hands on with the devs, um, as is evident by the Halo thing or whatever, so yeah I uh, I guess we'll just see what happens with that, but Baker does say, um, super early, it's years away whatever, and we also have the upcoming Xbox uh, showcase um, where even the likes of Starfield aren't being included so they're playing it very safe And um, we can end talking about that actually, because that kind of folds into the whole Xbox thing, um, the fact that what is going to be there is um, some Forza footage, uh, Minecraft Legends or whatever it is, yeah. it's nothing that you're, if someone says me an Xbox game in 2023. It's it's not really them.
2: Yeah, it sort wow. of is and it isn't because mm. Forza is going to be a big deal. True. Minecraft well, Legends yeah. has its audience. I think Forza will because I know a lot of people love, you know, Forza Horizon has kind of superseded the mainline games. This is the most popular thing, but mm. we haven't had a Forza Motorsport in a while. No. Like, normally they're there for like the launch of a new console and it's been Almost three years by the time it will eventually come out, so mm. that's kind of exciting. I think it will do well for you know racing fans mm-hmm. and people who might want to pick up an Xbox for it. You know, like I said, Minecraft Legends has its uh, audience. Redfall yeah. is a game that's coming out. Elder Scrolls uh, Online, do you have anything? For Elder Scrolls me? Online, but it's nine stuff, year old game. <laughs> again, it's 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 in my opinion, it's, it's boring stuff. It's, yeah, it's it's established franchises. It's iterative updates, and then there's Redfall, which could go either way mm-hmm. at this point. And that to me isn't enough to get me excited about 2023 because we already knew all of those games were coming. Mm. We've already had a good look at most of them apart from the new Forza, but even that got a pretty big trail last year. And it's Mm -hmm. like... I, I hope they have a few more announcements in there that gets us excited. Oh, and, I, and I wish they would have had Starfield, more Starfield gameplay. That would have got me more excited about it as well. Because mm. otherwise, I'm kind of thinking, why are you doing this now? Like, yes. What is the reason for this? Is it just to be more open with how your games are developing? Mm. Is if, if that's the case, then that's noble. But if it's going to be a supposed to be a big thing. It, those games don't do it for me.
1: Totally, and it, they said, like, because obviously the immediate thing was where the hell is Starfield, and then they got out there and said, oh, we're doing a separate one for Starfield, so like, we'll do something else for that. But yeah, the games that are going to be at the Developer Direct are the Elder Scrolls Online, Redfall, Minecraft Legends and Forza, and maybe they'll have some surprises or something. But I just, I mean, yeah, this is a whole separate conversation, but it's just, that's, it's just that state of Xbox thing, where if you grew up with them and you had the original Xbox and especially the 360 era, and then the Xbox One was such a flounder, they're stronger this gen, but I just, like, when they announced uh, showcases or any sort of conversation comes around about what they're putting investment into, um, I'm always just like what the hell are you guys doing? Like, and that whole thing about they can't make a game for the Series X a dedicated game for the Series X because it needs to have a Series S version is in itself this sort of hobbling, like holding them back conversation piece thing that I'm just like, where are where is your focus other than getting some stuff together for Game Pass and working yeah. on your Xbox streaming app? And uh, And I guess maybe it's intentional because they are moving away from this stuff they're moving away from exclusives and everything but it's not very exciting.
2: It's not. And it is the case of I want to sit here and say this is their year. They've had <laughs> things in development for so long now. We should start finally seeing them. Mm. But I've been saying that for three years, man. <laughs> I've been saying that for maybe even longer than three years yeah. at this point. And I do want to believe it, but I'm almost sick of saying it. At this point, mm. just show me it. And I'm, I'm going to stop cheerleading you on in that regard yeah. until I see some results. Because I keep saying this is the year of Xbox. I know. I'm finally going to get to see what all of these studios have been working on. I'm going to finally see Avowed again. <laughs> We're going to see the Outworlds 2. We're going to see Perfect Dark. We're going to see Fable. All of these things that have been announced but have had no updates, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. So realistically, what do we have? It's mm-hmm. Forza. It's uh, Redfall. It's The Elder Scrolls Online. It's stuff that we've that are already that are all that's already in motion. Yeah, yeah, like I'm going to be stum about it until <laughs> they start properly releasing these games. And then I'll say, I told you so, it was the year of Xbox. I wish, I mean, that yeah,
1: hopefully that, I mean, that's the thing. We've been waiting on that idea of capitalizing on all the acquisitions that they did because they bought so many different teams, studios, games, everything that it was like, oh my God, when they start rolling this out, the momentum's going to be insane. And then it's just been years and years and years of waiting and then not even knowing if that's what they want to do with those teams anymore. They just kind of, they'd rather just sort of archive all that stuff and roll it out on Game Pass rather than make a big song and dance about whatever the next main game is um, but we'll wait and see um, for now this has been The up. I've been Scott Taylor you've been Josh Brown
2: always a pleasure Scott Taylor
1: always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you next week bye bye goodbye <laughs>